If you have your Bibles with you this morning, please open them up to the book of Luke. I will be reading from Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, and I will be reading from the King James Version. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the king, of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Jeshusa, Herod Stuart, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. As we read through the biographical sketches of the life of our Lord, it becomes very clear, very clear, very quickly, just how fickle those who followed Him were. When we look through the the accounts of His life, the 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 discourses uh, talked about Him as He ministered, and during that ministry, He was followed by vast crowds of people at times, and then by very few at other times. Uh, but all through that time, he was the same person that he always was, and he demanded the same things at the beginning that he demanded at the end. And even among those who were faithful in following him, at times we read about how when the pressure got a little too tough or a little too tight on them, they also ran away and left him. Following his arrest or on that night that he was arrested, he himself quoted the prophecy, they all forsook him and fled, Mark 14, 15. Following that arrest and leading up to the time when he was uh, uh, judged and the times he went through court, only two disciples followed him, John and Peter, and it was Matthew that confirmed that Peter followed him afar off, Matthew 26, 58. And it was that same Peter John 19.26, who would later deny him three times as he was following him afar off on his way to Calvary. After giving himself to die on the cross, after having been taken down from the tree, Joseph of Arimathea took him to his own tomb and laid him to rest after he had been murdered by the hands of wicked people. By the time he had died on the cross, he buried In the tomb, not a single one of the men whom he had called were still following him. Were in the area that were there at the site of his burial and his death. Though the number of his followers fluctuated from thousands to just a few, it seems to me that there was a group of people who always followed Jesus and who were always there with him. The passage before us mentions a dedicated group of women who followed Jesus as He ministered in this life. They offered financial help and they offered absolute loyalty to Him. In fact, it seems to me as I read through the account of His life that one woman, Mary Magdalene, was with Him at all times, it seems. She was with Him during His ministry. She cried at the foot of the cross as He was hung there dying. 
And she was with him at the burial and she was the first one to go to that tomb to see him. While others abandoned Jesus, it seems as if she always remained faithful to him. When others ran, she stayed. When others were afraid, I'm sure she was too, but she demonstrated courage. But what was it that brought about such love and dedication in a woman like Mary Magdalene? What caused her to be able to look through all the problems that this life offered because of her association with the Christ that allowed her to be at the foot of His cross crying and begging and pleading and crying for His life? What was it that caused her to have such a great love as He was buried in the tomb and then she went to continue her service to Him? What was it that caused her to be this way? You know, perhaps no other follower has had so many unproven things stated about her, so many lies stated about her. The title of the sermon this morning is The Enigma Who Was Mary. An enigma is a question. Enigma is something that we're not very sure of and things about which we wonder. And I think she fits that description perfectly. According to tradition, she was a fallen woman. She was a prostitute. She was someone who was in need, someone rescued by Jesus, and someone who became one of His faithful followers. And she was a woman in need. She was a woman who was rescued, and she was a faithful follower. But all those other things, we don't know anything about that. And it is based in nothing but tradition. In recent years, the heretic, the ungodly, the liar, the skeptic, they've even insinuated that Christ and Mary Magdalene had some kind of an immoral relationship and they may have even been married. Perhaps some of what has been written about her is true, or uh, is true, but the vast amount of it is false and does not have any validity to it. But what we do know about this woman under consideration this morning the enigma who was Mary. We know that she was a faithful follower. She was a faithful member of His church following the establishment of it after He came out of the grave. And there is no indication otherwise written in the Holy Scripture that would indicate anything other than that. Mary came to the proper understanding about who Jesus was, why He lived among the people of this earth in exactly where His faithful will live eternally. She came to the very proper understanding about that and she is a great example to the rest of us and one who ought to be studied. As we consider the enigma who was Mary this morning, I want us to begin with her desire, which is the desire, I believe, is of most people in the world and she had a desire for security and that's our first point she needed the well-being only God could offer her she had a life of despair she had a life of probably self-destruction and bad choices and and decisions that she should not have made she led a life of utter misery prior to Jesus coming into it and blessing her with his very presence was she a prostitute was she a fallen woman did she lead some sort of a ungodly lifestyle I don't know what she did prior to Jesus coming into her life and we know very little about her 
after that fact. But what we do know about her is a strong testament to who that woman was and a strong testament to the Savior that Christ is today. What we're told about her is that she had a life that was out of control and Satan was at the wheel. We know that much. We know that some things were going on in her life that she would have otherwise not wanted to be happening. She did not have the well-being in her life that she wanted because Satan doesn't want that for followers of Christ and he doesn't want it today. Now can he cause uh, departed spirits of of wicked men to inhabit our bodies today? Absolutely not. That doesn't happen anymore, 1 Corinthians 13. But she had it happening to her. And Satan today still does not want us to have the security and the well-being that we find in Christ alone. He wants us to believe that we can find it anywhere else but with God. He wants us to believe we can go out into the world and we can live in the lifestyle that so many people have claimed that Mary lived in and we can find fullness and fulfillment and happiness there. He wants us to believe that we can look anywhere other than to Christ to find the security that we need. And I believe Jeroboam, the first king of the divided kingdom of the northern kingdom, he felt that same way. He wanted to find security in something, but he didn't look to God, the very one who gave him the northern kingdom, and he devised and devised plans to keep a hold of those ten tribes of which God had blessed him as if someone could take them away from him. And so in doing that, not only did he disrespect God and sin against him, he set up idol worship in the kingdom of the north. He put a golden calf in Dan. He put one in Bethel. And the people came to worship that. And he caused Israel to sin because he searched for security somewhere other than in God. We don't read about that in Mary Magdalene. We read about her searching for security and well-being in Christ Jesus. We need to focus on the good things that we have in this life. We need to focus on the blessings that God gives us and we need to always be striving to be what He needs us to be. And brethren, I believe that is the enigma known as Mary Magdalene. She did those things of the what little information we have provided by us, by the Holy Spirit. Satan lies to us and he wants us to not believe that. Mary wasn't going to find that well-being of security on her own, was she? She would have died a broken woman because of the effects of sin in her life. Was she guilty in some way? Well, I imagine that she was. I'm sure that she was unfaithful to God at the time. I'm sure that she lived a very questionable lifestyle, but we don't know what that questionable lifestyle was. But it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter what kind of a lifestyle someone lives when they live apart from God. Any lifestyle is wrong without having God in the forefront of our minds. We don't know the exact circumstances of or the time of her healing, but we do know that she was healed. We know that Christ had pity on her. We know that Jesus healed her from those seven demons that were within her. And... We can be assured 
that she recognized that well-being and the security that she found in Jesus. I think there's another peculiar aspect of Christ's ministry. We touched on it just a little bit. There were some of his most faithful followers were women. Now why is that odd? That's not odd today. I think that may be a trademark of the church today. That's a that's a wonderful mark on the sisters of any congregation. And brethren, it's a black mark on the men who will not stand up and do the things that they ought to do and be leaders they ought to be, whether in the church or at home. I've seen so many women have to lead a household because they had a husband who would not. But faithful followers of Jesus at the time of His ministry were these women of which we read. Now, why was that strange? It was against social norms at the time for a rabbi to have a woman as a disciple, to teach her publicly in any way. that was according to their traditions. And if they did accept someone, especially a woman, especially a woman from that walk of life, that was even scandalous at the time Jesus was alive. But is that the lesson that we need to learn from Mary? That Christ, the very Son of God, was not some male chauvinist pig? Is Is that the lesson that we find in the handful of verses Spoken of Mary Magdalene, of course it's not. What we learn from that is Jesus the Christ, the very Son of God, He will allow anyone to come to Him. He will allow anyone to dedicate themselves to Him. He will lift anyone out of the sins of this world if they will only obey Him and be faithful to Him. As long as they don't put other things in front of Him. He's laid out His plan of salvation. And we know it to be very simple and very comprehensible and very clearly stated in the text of the Bible. We have to have a firm belief that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. If you don't believe I'm He, you shall die in your sins, John 8, 24. That's very clear. I don't think anyone would disagree with us by saying we have to have faith in Christ Jesus. I don't think anyone would say, no, you don't have to repent of past sins, just continue living in the way that you're living. It doesn't matter what you believe or or what you do in this life. It doesn't matter how sorry and low down a person is. I don't think anybody's going to agree with that. I think everyone will agree that we must repent and be converted. Acts 3.19 I think we can come to a common conclusion on that. I don't think it's going to be offensive to followers of Christ to make the statement publicly that I believe He is who He said He was. That I believe, like we read in the New Testament accounts of His life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that He lived a sinless life. That He died a terrible death. That He was buried in a tomb of a, of a rich man. He didn't have a bed to lay in in life and He didn't have a tomb to be put in in death. I don't think any of us would would be offended to make the statement that I believe He walked out of that grave and He's sitting at the right hand of the Father at this very minute ruling over His His kingdom, confessing who He is. I don't think anybody ought to be offended when Ananias came to a praying, fasting Saul who was crying and 
repenting of his sin, confessing that Jesus was Lord and that he met him on the road to Damascus. I don't think anyone ought to be offended when Ananias came in and said, Paul, why are you waiting? Saul at the time. Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. We want security and we want well-being and we want to be faithful like those women who followed Christ and to do that we have to be members of His body. Why do we... Why can the world not agree on that? Why does that offend some people when it's very clearly stated in the Bible? I don't think anyone would disagree with us that a person has to remain faithful to God to be pleasing to Him. We have to have faith if we're going to please God. Hebrews 11.6 And having faith in Him means that I am continually living in such a way that I maintain my security, that I have my well-being, that I live like these women who were faithful to Him, that I have to do my part so as to keep from being plucked from the hand of the Father. John chapter 10. No one can remove us from the security of God, but I can leave it if I want to. God's not going to drown us with water to try to make us get into the pool to be immersed so our sins can be washed away. Is there magic in the water? Absolutely not. There's magic in the obedience to Jesus and that pleases Him. And for that, He'll wash away our sins. That's where we come into contact with His blood. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into His death, Romans 6, 3 and 4. That's where we have the security, the well-being, and we can be like these wonderful ladies, these women that we read about in this passage and that we worship with in this congregation. Mary Magdalene, she went from searching for security to enjoying the satisfaction of being saved by God. And that's our second point. Mary is mentioned only two other times in the New Testament, two very different uh, circumstances. She's next mentioned when it appeared that Jesus had suffered the ruination that Satan had thrown upon him, that Satan had defeated him, and she was there and she witnessed it. She stood at the foot of the cross with Jesus' mother, his aunt, Mary the wife of Cleopas, as he finished his purpose for coming into this world. She watched that man die in agony. We need to read about Mary Magdalene. We need to format our lives after the passion that she had for Christ who came and gave Himself. She witnessed all of it. The beatings, the mistreatment. And she stood at the foot of that cross looking up at that man understanding that the very breath that was leaving His body was happening because of her and everyone else in the world. And there was a handful of people standing at that cross believing that. And they were all women except one. But she had the satisfaction. Why is it that she could have satisfaction in such a clear defeat? Even Peter said, I'm going to go back fishing. John 21 verse 3. But she could have satisfaction in that ruination because she knew and she recognized the resurrection when it happened. You can have satisfaction in that. 
She was the first to see him alive after his burial. You know what she did? She came to the tomb to anoint his body. She was continuing the mourning and the grieving process. She wanted to do something, even, even if it meant preparing his dead body. She wanted to be close to the man that she had given her life to in a very pure way. Not like the ungodly people of the modern era want to make out to be some kind of a lascivious relationship that she had with him. It was pure and it was godly and she loved him. And she wanted to demonstrate that to everyone around her. And she went to that tomb. She was filled with satisfaction. Don't you know how wonderful she felt, John 20 verse 18, that she had seen the Lord. Everyone else mourning and grieving the the very thing they had entwined their lives around for three years was dead, it was gone, it was over. Not for Mary it wasn't. She went to him, she said, I saw the Lord. He lives. We sing a song that talks about serving a living Savior. She served a living Savior. Because he came out of the ground, didn't he? We need to learn that. When life is real and pain is serious, when we're facing an uphill battle and people we know we've lost or we may lose them, we need to understand we still have a living Savior who loves us. John chapter 11, Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus who had been in the grave for four days His body had already began to deteriorate. And he wept. Did he weep because Lazarus had died? He knew he was going to bring him back out of the grave. He wept because of his compassion for all those people around him. Everyone else who was heartbroken. I've been there and you have too. But we serve a risen Savior. We don't have satisfaction because we enjoy those times. We have satisfaction because we're assured. We're guaranteed that if we live the way God wants us to live, we will have eternal glory. He overcame death. He destroyed Satan's power over this world. What's the result of Mary having searched for security? having gained the satisfaction that only God can give? Well, just like her, do you know what she continued to do? She served. That's our third and final point. What did she do after Jesus released her from those seven demons? She could have thanked Him and tried to go back to whatever normalcy she viewed life to be prior to that. She could have easily done that, but she didn't do that. She followed him in ministry. She stayed with him when everyone else left him. She was there by his side. She mourned his death. She was happy when he rose from the ground. She served. I think that's a lesson for all of us today. If we can't learn a lesson from the enigma known as Mary Magdalene, why are we studying it? Did God save us? Did He free us from the chains of sin to simply sit in the pew? That's not our service to Him. 
That's our worship to Him. That's giving Him what He has coming. That's honoring Him for who He is. That's not serving Him in the, in the, the, the term of the word, the real meaning of it. When God frees us, we ought to get involved. He demands it and He expects it. And that's what she did. I think sometimes <clears throat> people get backwards thinking a little bit. Have you ever heard someone say they were looking for a church that kind of fit them better to what they needed? I think we all look for a church that fits us sometimes, don't we? Did Mary Magdalene go out looking for people just like her to fit in with them? No, she used Christ's words to change her to fit in with what he needed her to be, with what she was supposed to be. She didn't want to go find a bunch of other people like her prior to Christ saving her. That's not what she wanted. She wanted to find some people who were saved like her after she met Christ. She wanted to fit in with what he said was the truth. She wanted to change her life. That was part of her ministry, wasn't it? She sought what he was giving. We have to step out of our comfort zone sometimes. We have to transform ourselves into what God needs us to be. Mary watched Christ die. And she served Him even in mourning. You know, that's difficult, isn't it? <clears throat> I understand it. I think God understands it. That doesn't mean He says it's okay. I think God understands when we go through difficult times and we're mourning. It's hard to get out of the bed, isn't it? It's hard to put a smile on your face. It's hard to go talk to people when you've lost something so precious and dear or you're afraid you're going to lose it or you're going through a tough time and it's absolutely destroying your life. Have we ever experienced that? <clears throat> absolutely we've experienced it will we experience it again probably what do we do when we mourn we minister we continue that's what she did what did she do she went and told people look what I know look what I've learned she went to the tomb mourning Wanting to minister. Mary didn't leave Jesus. She devoted everything about her to Him. She didn't leave Him. She did her utmost best to follow Him. She didn't leave Him. She was like Abraham. She knew there was a city out there that had foundations not built by men, but that was eternal. She wanted that. Did she like that life of <clears throat> being possessed by seven demons? Listen, she didn't like that life. Sin's not enjoyable in the long run. We'll give our lives away to something that's very temporary. We'll give up everything we love for something that's ungodly. Mary may have very well been doing that. But that's not where she needed to be. We have to learn to serve when times are bad. Is God our God only when we're happy? Is He only our God when we're sad? 
We have to minister in mourning. We have to minister in merriment. She stopped mourning for the Christ. She was happy when she could go tell them, I saw the Lord, but she didn't stop. How many of us go before the throne of God laying out our deepest and darkest wants and needs begging for something that we don't even know how to express it? Sometimes it doesn't come about the way we want. Sometimes it does. And there are a whole lot of people in the world once they get what they need, they leave God again. Not Mary Magdalene. She didn't do that. We don't know a whole lot about this wonderful lady, but we know that much about her. She left the cemetery and she found the disciples. She began to spread the good news. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? I've lost people in my life, and you have too. And I'll lose more if I live long enough. And you will too. But we need to worship God. We need to serve Him. We need to minister when it's morning time and when it's merriment time. We don't need to leave God. He's never left us. Paul told the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2, For I am determined to not know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Do you know how hard it is to be determined? It's hard. It's difficult. In everyday life, it's hard to be determined to do things that don't even matter. And it's very hard to be determined when it comes to something that's very important. Because sometimes we don't enjoy it. But we still have to be determined. Like Mary and Paul, we're obligated. We've given our lives. And if we haven't given our lives, we're obligated to give them. We want to be in heaven. What a great example of this woman that we know so little about. Mary Magdalene. She's given hope to those who don't have hope. Who would have thought Mary Magdalene, this supposed low life, no good, ungodly woman would have hope in this life? Well, she gained it and more. She gained hope in the next life. I think it's very important for us to understand we need to be like her in a whole lot of ways. We need to be searching for that security that only God can give. We need to be able to enjoy the satisfaction that comes with being obedient to Him because that's the only way we'll get it. And we need to continue our service to Him once we find Him. I want us to think about it. When did all that change for Mary? When did it change for? After she came into contact with Jesus. After He saved her from the sins of her life. After she dedicated herself to Him. She found all of those things. Sounds to me that what we can receive in Christ is a whole lot like what Mary received. She was willing. She was able. She was searching. Won't you do the same today as we stand and as we sing?